Hello and welcome to the second episode of my podcast. Um, just want to look at stress today. So stress is alleged to be the cause of many diseases, many problems, many mental health problems. And if you go to the doctors, for example, and you've got um, an issue with your digestion or you keep getting colds, they'll probably say, ah, it's down to stress, um, which is true. And bear in mind that doctors nowadays, they don't have the resources to have give you a kind of a personalised service that maybe they did 30, 40 years ago. So someone comes in and it's a non-urgent issue. A lot of times you might just get called toilet stress and you might get prescribed something. But I think that's maybe a bit of an oversimplification. So I've written down here in front of me of uh, stress that can mean anxious thoughts and feeling anxious. That's what people think of when they're told they're stressed. Um, but especially if you work at a desk all day, it can also mean shallow breathing. If you're not breathing from your belly, if you're, if you've sat down all day, you're hunched over and your body's adapted and learned to breathe with your chest and your upper back muscles, that's going to cause you stress physiologically. Um, the same thing with neck problems. If you're bent over a computer or you're driving a lot, you get problems with your neck, especially that's going to feed into your vagus nerve and that's going to cause problems with inflammation, problems with digestion. So that's a big one to be aware of as well. Uh, inflammation, that can be a result of um, leaky gut in the first place, but it can, it can, there's a range of ways that can be caused. But processed food is the main one, <clears throat> excuse me, and not doing enough exercise, that's a bit of a vague term in itself, but not enough physical activity, not getting lymph drainage. Um, that can be a big cause as well. And uh, general lack of downtime as well. So say you're just busy all the time. You don't have time to socialise. You don't have time to switch off in the evenings for an hour or so. Then you're not going to go into in the what they call in the polyvagal theory, the rest and digest state. Um, something that's a problem during lockdown because having eye contact with people you know and people you trust, that can be um, a good way to get into the rest and digest state. Uh, another thing, just if you hang out or work with people that are kind of gossipy or perhaps a bit judgmental and you, you subconsciously, you might always be in fear of being judged or making a mistake. So you're not able to kind of switch off and focus properly and you're going to feel a level of stress, even if it's subconsciously and you're not aware of it, but that's going to affect your, phys your, physio your physiology, physiology. Uh, which in turn can affect your digestion massively, it can affect your uh, um, the goings-on elsewhere in your body as well, it can lead to inflammation. Um, so yes, stress, so if you've got a problem with digestion, toilet stress, have, have a think about those things, are you breathing properly? Have a look at belly breathing, um, have a look at how you can hack your kind of downtime. If you're not able to spare a couple of hours a day and a couple of hours, a few hours at the weekend to just chill out and have a downtime, have a look at stuff like yoga nidra, um, shavasana and different, it doesn't have to be yoga related, but different ways of just chilling out and relaxing. There's ways you can stimulate your vagus nerve as well by getting a TENS machine, an ear clip, or even a, there's a few acupuncture points in your ear that can work for um, reducing stress, activating your vagus nerve and just improving the overall function of your body. Um, breath work is massive. Um, in terms of solutions now rather than looking at the problems related to stress. 
any kind of breath work will help if it strengthens your diaphragm and teaches you to use your diaphragm to breathe. So your belly should go out as you breathe in and should come in as you're breathing out. Uh, if you want to do a kind of two in one, is a good thing to meditate is on that. Just try and do five minutes a day. Um, <clears throat> it's getting more popular now. So I'm sure there's going to be some kind of backlash in the media because it's all holistic. Although there is some science behind it, but the Wim Hof method, um, that's really good. But you've got to be careful because um, I've been swimming in, in, a, in a river in the summer before now and been shivering for ages afterwards. Um, so yeah, it, Wim Hof is a type of breathing. If you have a look on YouTube, there's a couple of guided sessions on there. Last about 10 minutes. He also does um, cold water immersion. Um which produces something called cold shock proteins, which reduces inflammation. It's meant to be good for your brain and things as well. Um, if you don't fancy the cold, heat shock proteins uh, have a similar effect. So if you're literally just having a hot bath, uh, has loads of benefits that we're only just beginning to understand. Um, ideally, a sauna or an infrared sauna has potentially additional benefits just because you can get it hotter, I think. Um yeah, have a look at the research on that. Don't take my word for any of this. Have a look at the research. Um, and they can really reduce stress levels, physio- get this word out, physiologically. Um, in turn, can help your digestion improve and help your mood improve as well and make you feel kind of lighter and happier. Um, yeah, muscle relaxation is a big one. Um, and this thing called PNF stretching or Jacob's release um, is called sometimes for the shoulders where you... You just tense up your neck and your back, perhaps, if that's where you get all the tension for 30 seconds, then relax and kind of juggle yourself about a bit. And you repeat that three times, and it kind of makes you more aware of the tension, but also helps your body to relax. Uh, and to reduce inflammation, you can take some supplements if you're into that. So curcumin's good. Um, I don't recommend turmeric anymore because you have to have quite a bit of it to get a lot of curcumin. Although there's other stuff in it as well that's anti-inflammatory, but... Stuff coming out of India has been reported to be quite high in lead and heavy metals. So, but with curcumin, you get a really small amount. It's like kind of concentrated the the active ingredient ingredient in turmeric, if you like. So, I imagine it's not as going to be as full as lead. It's not going to increase your heavy metal consumption that much. Um, if you look at uh, one thing I found really good as well for dry eyes as as well as just reducing inflammation, I can feel the the physical difference is um really high. EPA fish oil so omega-3 has got EPA and DHA in it DHA is really good for your brain EPA is really strong anti-inflammatory um, if you search for pure EPA fish oil the one I've got now is 90% it doesn't taste fishy at all it doesn't repeat on me either which is good um, but yeah but always check the EPA on the back of any fish oil you find the cheaper ones are really low in it um, quick tip on fish oil keep it in the fridge um, shouldn't repeat on you as much then if you have fish oil burps afterwards uh other stuff tart cherry juice rose hip something called nac powder which if you can use it short term quite a strong anti-inflammatory and it's good if you've got a cold as well uh so yeah so that's my little bit on stress so that's seven and a half minutes done on the well-being bit so moving on to business i just wanted to give a quick few tips on using google ads um very general so Again, don't take my word for these things. Always check them yourself. You can just have a look on YouTube for, you know, three or four people are giving you the same tips in their kind of 10-minute overview videos. They're usually good tips and you should take notice. Um, so, yeah, so exact match, keyword match type, 
Um, you can use phrase match, broad match, broad match modified. I definitely start off with an exact match. Look at what people are searching for or just brainstorm it. Do a few searches yourself on Google. See what the predictive search says in Google Chrome. Have a look at the related search um, terms at the bottom of the search results pages. Uh, make a list of them. You can have a look at the search volume as well. don't think it's that accurate, but it's worth having a look at. But then make sure your terms are exact matched. Um, broad match, it can just bring up all kind of things that aren't relevant at all and you can waste a lot of money. I'd also recommend when you structure your account per ad group, I'd start off with one or two keywords per ad group and make your ad text as relevant and um, as concise as possible. Look to have, in your ad text, look to have a call to action. Look to have the keyword in there as well. Um, sometimes now it's not, um, they change things all the time and experiment with things, but the keyword wasn't being highlighted in the headlines anymore. It wasn't being bolded out, whereas it wasn't kind of the ad description. So experiment with that. I've, I'd say at least three ads, depending on the search volume, but start off with three ads per ad group, see which performs the best, and then pause the, pause the worst ones and start off the best ones. Um, always check your search term reports as well. So as we were saying about broad match keywords, it's the same with that exact match keywords as well now. So they say they're exact. So if you've got a term like plumber in Wrexham, it'll show up for plumber in Wrexham area and plumber WXM or any abbreviation of the town. So just look out for that. Sometimes they aren't relevant at all. You don't want those uh, your ads being shown for those keywords and always adjust your bids as well so have a look at the mobile the device reports how everything's performing on mobile compared to desktop um, and also have have a look at adding populations not population demographic details in and audiences and see how those perform as well and to start off with i wouldn't automate anything on your ads start off with everything manual if you've got an e-commerce site, you can get a lot of data quickly, which can be good to automate eventually. Um, but to begin with, I, I leave everything on manual. Uh, and that's it. Another quick tip I just thought of is when you add audiences, keep an eye on them, report on them, use Data Studio and use the reports inside Google Ads and see which ones are performing the best. If you've got enough data and you need to cut back on spend, consider adding targeted audiences so just an obvious example would be, say you had a product for students, only show your ads to people within student or student kind of quasi-student audiences on your, in your Google ads. And that can massively reduce the kind of cost per conversion or the cost per acquisition. Um, it can be really effective. If you don't have the right type of data, if your audience is, if you don't have specific audiences to your target market, it might not work, but it's a tip worth knowing. So just thought I'd get that one in there as well. Thank you very much.